the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. And it's not snowing. and <laughs> it's There's the no snow, snow in the forecast, except maybe Monday morning early. They might be a little freezing rain or sometime in the afternoon, whenever the precipitation gets here. But uh, who knows, really? No. <laughs> I promise you it's snowing in Boone. If it's well, snowing anywhere in eastern America... It will snow in Boone. They uh, did see a picture this morning. They are making snow at Appalachian Ski. Okay. And uh, probably at Ski Beach and uh, Sugar Mountain and all of those places, too. So, yeah, they got some cold weather. That's all they need. That's all the Chinese are doing. They don't have any natural snow uh, for the Olympics. So they've, <laughs> they've, they got, make it. they've got thousands of, of uh, snowmaking machines. And it's a very arid region. I don't know how they're doing it. It's, a, it's, a, it's really a pretty amazing. A lot of trouble, too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, me. At any rate, 919-860-9783. Uh, the other voice you heard was that of uh, Brother Rufus Edmiston. Morning there, Rufus. Buenos dias, audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We've got, we've got our uh, friends from Lalay down the hall, so we... We throw out a Spanish word here and there occasionally. There's such fine La, people. What does La Lay mean? Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. What, what does it mean, uh, Paul McKenzie from uh, Vance and Warren County? The law, I think. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I don't. I think La, you're right. La is the. Yeah. I, think you're I don't right. know. I'll ask Alfredo when he walks by. I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah, La Lay. La Lay. How about that? So, uh, Miss Clapp, you doing okay? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> and uh, Phil Cam- Phil Campbell is with us, owner of Campbell Road Nursery. Morning, Miss Campbell. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. So glad to uh, be here. How's everything at the at the uh, village there? It's going great. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, getting ready for spring. You told me. Oh yeah, we get we got plants coming in this week, and we're getting started on planting, and we've got lots of. Um, We've got lots of shrubs and things now, a new, a big new crop of shrubs in our shrub house, and uh, we've got Daphne and brought one of those you in. You sure did. Yep, oh, yep. So good. we got... Uh, that's a pretty one, too. We've got lots of, uh, lots of house plants. We'll talk about some of the things we've got a little bit later. Now, I was coming, coming picked up Ann, and I think <clears throat> the tree I saw just kind of glanced at something trying to bloom. I think it was a star magnolia. Mm-hmm. They do crazy things. They yep. come out. They get a little bit of this time of year. You get February, and they start getting a little warm weather, and they come out. Yeah. Sometimes they get hit pretty hard, but they're yep. they're beautiful in full bloom. They if are they, if they yep. can survive. They there's the buds are starting to swell on those for sure. That the ones at my house. So yeah. that's that's good news. And I you know I was driving for two two weeks ago. Whenever we had the snow on Saturday morning, actually three weeks. I don't know when it was now two weeks ago and there is a a fall blooming cherry tree on high woods down near capitol boulevard and it still had blooms on it right (laughs) (laughs) that's an amazing thing it's not a very pretty tree it's it's you know it's been through the mill as they say but 
uh, it was blooming. It, it just, uh, and it's, it's bloomed here and there this fall. <clears throat> I'm pretty amazed. You see, do y'all have any uh, fall blooming cherry trees? Cherry trees in your neck of the woods? I'm, I'm, sh- I don't, you know, I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know if I've seen any other than this one. But I, and I tried to. Uh, uh, Gerald Adams identified it. But it's it's uh, it's kind of neat, you know. If you take care of it, it'd probably be really pretty. So it, would, mm-hmm. it blooms in the fall and the spring. Mm-hmm. Right. There's some out at the um, out there on Tryon Road, right across from the Harris Teeter and that shopping center there, close to uh, what used to be called Colonial Baptist, in that corner of Holly oh, Springs. Okay. Yeah. There's some there. All yep. right. Yeah, they're well, always so pretty. If I make it over there, yep. uh, Rufus, do you have a fall blooming cherry tree? No, but I, you know, we've mentioned so many times what are, are great things for the winter planting, and I don't think we've ever mentioned something that just blooms its heart out for a long time. Are quinces? Yeah, yeah, uh, and you have several different types. Yeah, I, I do the orange, there, yeah. orange one, pink, and the white one. Uh, they're just wonderful plants, and along with daphnes and uh, osmanthus and. The uh, Edgeworthians are getting ready. Edgeworthy, really getting cranked up right now too. The, the, yeah. I call that the chandelier plant. Yeah, it looks yeah. I mean, like the, a, some of the little bells are pot. Yeah, or I pl- could yeah. smell it yesterday. So yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. a really neat looking plant. Everybody should have one of those and a Daphne. Although Daphne's are kind of hard to find, aren't they? Yes, they are. Oh, we've, but you found them. We've got about probably about forty right now. That's oh, it. Wow. Oh, wow. Yep. Well, that's good, though, well, because those last, are gone, year, that'll be it. last year you, you didn't have any, did you? <clears throat> no. And we've also got the um, the other Daphne that's the um, Eternal Fragrance. Um, it's the Daphne Translanica. It's um, <clears throat> it's not as fragrant as this one, but it's it's a little bit easier to grow. Oh, I mean, you, you can talk to that one <laughs> and look uh, at it occasionally. Is it? Curtis Villains. Does yeah. it have uh, phytophthora root rot problems? Not as much. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, if I guess you, that has to be a compromise, doesn't it? Yeah. You lose the fragrance. I'd rather take a chance. Yeah. Put it. Mine. Up. Mine has started. Some of them have started popping out. Right. Uh, some well, you've blooms. got that crazy one done. I got crazy. a crazy one. It really is, uh, Paul. I don't know if I've ever told you. I've someone gave me years. I don't know how many years ago. It's well over ten years. I'm sure. And I put it behind some shrubs. In the uh, pot, yeah, in the pot, and it it I forgot about it, so it grew into the through the pot into the ground, and then uh, eventually the pot split, and then it I mean it was kind of in a corner, and there's a huge mahonia, mm-hmm. and it started growing around the mahonia, huh. and that's that's the way it looked. I'll find a photo of it yeah. uh, from you know recent years. And talking, it's, it's talking, very happy looking. Talking about wit plants doing weird things i was um i guess in the first snow i was standing at the back door there and i looked out towards the pergola and there's red berries up on top of the jasmine and i'm like where did those red berries come from i mean they were obviously owned something that was growing a nandina that's planted right at the corner of that pergola has grown much like a vine and has gone up through the um, jasmine that's on that pergola and it's up it's just as beautiful as it can be and it's found its way up to the sun and there's red berries up there 
<laughs> Any way to survive. Exactly. That's kind of been the, the way I've – my philosophy over yeah, the last just let it go. Uh, 47 years is just try to survive. And yeah, just – I mean, you know, that's – That's so what I'm I've gonna, done here. I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah, you know? I would. I mean, it, it's beautiful. I've heard people before sort of malign Nandina saying, oh, that's a common plant. I love them. I love them right, too. Right now – all over the place, I have these red berries that I, I wouldn't have unless I'd let the nandinas spread themselves. Right. And Nelsa last week pointed out the the smaller <laughs> versions, right. which are can be extraordinarily bright red mm-hmm. in in the sun. And then there's the one that has the yellow berries. Yeah. So it's they're just I, I you know like you have them. to you have to prune them correctly aggravating yeah they you don't give them aggravating. you don't give them haircuts crew right. cuts right. You, you have to you know cut a third off or a fourth off you know how many stalks you have uh, right. each year and just kind of you know well i cut the i cut the stalks in different lengths yes exactly what i was talking about you, you're doing it exactly right of course yeah so um it, it gives it a better look, but I, I really like those those uh, dwarf ones or smaller ones. I don't know if what technically what um, what they're called. Um, I mean, like if it's subspecies or or the Nandina or some type of other Nandina <laughs> yeah. is basically yeah. what I would say. Very scientific. You can that, see that I've learned yeah. a great deal over 37 years here. <laughs> uh, doing okay. well, doing well. I, well, I hate to be the Debbie Downer, but um, it, you don't like them. Well, it, it, it's it, it has some invasive characteristics. And, and oh, the heck okay. with that! <laughs> <laughs> Everything in my yard has invasive characteristics. Well, I mean, there's yeah, no. there's you know there's spreading aggressively in your yard, and then there's spreading into natural areas where we don't want it not like mexican sunflowers uh, <laughs> not like mahonia not like mahonia not like oh, uh, hellebores so. <laughs> in the woods behind the nursery but and then but there's will, ivy but i will say yeah ivy is terrible <laughs> but but it, you know if you're going to plant it do go with one of the named cultivars yeah. like don't just go with the with the i think that's always a good idea yeah go with one of the named cultivars and, and those have likely you know, for the most part, been bred to reduce the invasiveness um, characteristics of it. So, now mm. the ones I I, I have Sorry. a couple that are <laughs> are tucked away that I planted early on when we bought the house thirty some years ago, yeah. and they I don't notice that they have spread really. Well, it's, but but see, they're the, just kind of I mean they're just hanging on. The the issue is that you know when you have a non-native plant that produces berries so the birds take the berries to somebody else's the birds yard. can spread it into oh. the state parks oh, okay. and you know the 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 nature preserves well and, every and state park like needs an andina <laughs> what's wrong with you paul <laughs> i'm sure that getting bird, on your high horse this morning <laughs> i'm sure a bird planted the one at my pergola i did not plant it right yeah probably back, i'm heading back to henderson <laughs> no 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 that's all right well you could have stayed on the phone you know it'd been a lot easier for you than to drive all the way down here and miss this oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well uh, it's all good yeah and you get to sit beside that daphne that's right that's, yeah, that's right. right yeah and you get to smell donuts yep <laughs> yeah there are lots of donuts yeah. in there baker's dozen I, and uh rufus <laughs> someone brought you some oranges 
A gentleman called me and said to tell you that he had left some oranges at the Grocery Boy Junior, your drop-off place. Yes, I, I, I think it, it. I think it says James, and and whoever you are, if it's James, thank, thank you. James. Each, each person here today has one of your he, beautiful. Uh, and he's got the name of it there on that on yours there, Mike. Somehow it looks like James to me. And well, what what, what brand did he call it? Uh, six honey bells. Yeah, they're the special ones. Yeah. Rufus and WPTF gang. Yeah. That's us. That, that's the gang. So that thank really you. Not, thank you, really James. Nice. It's really nice. Do people often drop things off? At- yes, they do quite a bit because uh, it's very difficult to find my uh, abode down in there. <laughs> you can't make so, this stuff up, folks. And so I get a lot of drop-offs of various things. <laughs> At the grocery boy junior, and he and somebody left him a grocery cart at his driveway. A grocery yeah, cart. Well, Phil, I noticed coming out when she picked me up. I have a grocery cart in my. Well, driveway. that would have been convenient when you had your arm in a sling. Uh, the could. warden could have pushed you right back up, <laughs> up to the house and back. How about that? Yeah, sitting right there waiting on me, me to take it back to the food line, or as Linda calls it, the food loin. You know, <laughs> Melissa kitty. made pimento cheese last night, and I didn't even think about it this morning. I'm, I'm gonna. She's gonna have to bring it. Doggone it! I forgot my phone this morning too. That's a good. thing. Oh my goodness! Could oh somebody my. drive me That's home? That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I mean, I. I, I, I spe- going to get home? <laughs> we specifically, I, I got in there and and uh, I went to visit Tom Campbell yesterday and and Lib. They were doing a puzzle that they were very frustrated with. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I said, I hate puzzles. Puzzle. Life is a puzzle. I would have taken a thing and thrown it. There would have been pieces for years that you'd still be finding behind couches and things <laughs> if I'd have had to deal with I hate puzzles. But uh, had a great conversation with them. And then I went home and, and uh, ground up some cheese. And uh, Melissa was uh, supposed to be making it last night. I'm sure she did, but I didn't. It would have been in the refrigerator, and I didn't think about it. That's terrible. I'll I'll call her. She'll she'll bring it. It's well, okay. I'm thinking of it it's right okay. now. It, <laughs> I know I shouldn't have brought it up. You would have forgotten. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. More of the weekend gardener straight ahead here on WPTF. It's eight twenty one. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF. Mike Rayleigh here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmiston. Phil Campbell's with us. Paul McKenzie of the Warren Advance Extension Service. And Major Dave talking about his tomatoes, concerned about calcium in the tomato bed. And, you know, that's something we can prepare for, Paul, uh, you know, long before we plant tomatoes is in is putting lime in in the soil in the bed wherever yeah. we're planning to plant tomatoes uh, for instance yeah i mean it's really straightforward you, you collect a soil sample once every three years to check your ph levels and you apply the recommended lime uh, which is your major source of calcium and that's going to give you what you need uh, for those tomatoes yeah now the eggshells that's a bonus you absolutely know, there's nothing wrong yeah, with that's that great. That's, you know it's 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 added organic matter as well so yeah mm-hmm. that's the, well, I guess it's not actually organic matter, but it's it's an, it's just a bonus. So yeah, 
Major Dave, are you still planting tomatoes in pots? Well, I'm going to do both because I, I have really discovered that the determinate varieties, like my Romas, do fine in the bucket, but the indeterminates, like the Better Boys and the uh, uh, whatnot, do better planting straight in the ground. Hmm. Yep. It's funny, I've, I've noticed that people are coming back to the old varieties like Better Boy, Better Girl, and I, I've tried some from the farmer's market this time, and and I found a, a good remembrance that they were delicious. So, although my favorite, of course, is Cherokee Purple, that Better Boy was really good. Well, can, can one of you speak to how long it takes something like crushed eggshell to actually break down in the soil before it becomes beneficial? Two years. Okay. <laughs> that's probably that's probably a good ballpark. I think, I it, think. The, the lime. Um, does it depend on what type of lime, what form it's in? Well, your lime. There's there's actually regulations that govern lime, and and it, it's got to be uh, pulverized to a powder that's fine enough that it, it will you know it will act you know within a reasonable amount of time. What about the dolomitic um, lime? Well, the dolomitic is just has an uh, an additional component. It has some magnesium as well as some uh, calcium. So, so that doesn't have any, have any reason to break down faster than right. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. just it just has another nutrient. Yeah. You know. Dave, I'm sure you get soil tests up there. Uh, yes, and um, you know Epsom salts is another additive that I've yeah. uh, just sprinkled around the yard from time to time and turned under. Yeah. Um, but I I really got blessed because a power line crew came through the neighborhood trimming the limbs back off of the power line a couple of weeks ago. And I said, the, the guy had the chipper truck behind him. I said, well, if you need to dump that load, put it over here in my side mm. yard. For the next three days, they continued to empty their truck. Of <laughs> <laughs> shredded mulch. I'll be doggone. So I, I'm going to obviously get me a good compost pile going there nice. absolutely and we're, we're praying for a good harvest this year i'm sure you'll That's have right. one as fastidious as you are about uh about your <clears throat> your work there well, major I dave know, you were, I know because i listened to the show amen <laughs> yeah you were mentioning epsom salts yeah uh somebody told me one time back when i was uh, in boone that if you had a dogwood that wasn't doing well Put Epsom salts around the drip line, and it absolutely that I, I did that to that dogwood, and that baby did some producing. Wow! Now, I, I don't know what what the maybe Paul knows what the story was on that, but I, I'm a great believer in dogwoods and Epsom salts. I, I'm trying to remember what the chemical of I, I want to say magnesium sulfate. Um, so, you know, it's just a source of whatever the, you know, if it's, if I'm right, then it's magnesium and sulfur. Um, I'll search that real quick. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just nutrients is, is all it is. Yeah. yeah. More good stuff, Dave. Thank you, my friends. Enjoy the show. Yep. Always glad to hear from you. you. Give our best to everybody up there. Will do. Yes, Thank sir. Bye. Ma magnesium sulfate. That is correct. Just <clears throat> all right. two, two important plant nutrients. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much. You're in Chapel Hill there, and uh, thanks so much for waiting so long. How can we help you? Hey, good morning. 
Yes, sir. It's uh, Doug Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google. And there's a podcast that says Google Danielle Sattel, and it says Medium Blog. The judge says he's going to jail me if I can prove he took a bribe. Hey, uh, Ryan, what are you talking about? Drive to the last 20 minutes of timeline, Judge. I'm not sure what Ryan was talking about there. Uh, Let's go to Richard. Uh, Morning. Uh, I've got uh, a couple of topics, Uh, one about forestry and uh, Daphne and pre-emergence. Well, a forester was finishing up his forestry report, and uh, looked down and saw a stump, and he said, "Well, that's a dead ringer." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, you know, his professor told him it was okay to get stumped on a for- forestry exam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got any more, Richard? <laughs> when, uh, not this morning, uh, now on to regular gardening. Yeah. Uh, I re- recently acquired. Uh, a couple of large Daphne's uh, from a neighbor's lot. They're getting ready to demolish the house, and they were pretty good-sized Daphne's, uh, rather large trunk diameter, but I couldn't preserve much of the root ball, so I transplanted it into some potting soil and garden soil com- combination. Uh, what's the prognosis for the success? Not good. <laughs> they do not like to be trans. Planted or transported. What do you say, Phil? I I say that when they move them from the rooting bed into a gallon pot, uh, most of the time they don't have very good success with uh, with them living. So I'm not even I'm not sure. Um, I think that you need to give them a fighting chance, and maybe we'll all be surprised. So let us know. Okay. Sounds great. Well, it was free. and Yeah, I'll uh, give it a chance. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> on uh, the pre-emergence, uh, of course, I, I, I don't care to spray too much. And years ago, uh, back when we had dogs, uh, I tried the uh, corn gluten. And the literature says that after about three years, uh, you get about 90% success. And I found that to be true. There was on, only one problem with the corn gluten. Well, the corn industry has a lot of stuff to dispose of, and they end up uh, putting it in dog food now. And so uh, the the dog kept trying to eat dirt, and I thought, well, what in the world is, you know, the dogs will eat about anything. But uh, maybe the dog thought it was eating part of his food because it had corn in it. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah. But if you, uh, I think Logan's has uh, a supply of that. Uh, it's, it's a lot more expensive than the uh, others, but if you have animals in the yard, it's probably a good alternative. It's uh, it's it's uh, it, it it does have some pre-emergent herbicidal properties, um, but it's um, it's fairly weak uh, as far as um, you know its its effectiveness. Uh, on 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 weeds, but you know it could certainly be a part of your strategy for um, pre-emergent control in in your turf areas, and um, even in you know landscape beds. But you know it's not going to be it's not going to be the the ultimate solution. And um, oh, uh, I read some literature about uh, diatomaceous earth being able to defeat uh, nematodes, so uh, I put some out 
uh, in pre-preparation from a plant bed, uh, uh, cultivate them from the tomatoes and uh, grinding up any little trace of root, and maybe it'll work this year. Uh, have you ever heard of uh, diatomaceous earth being used for that function? I'm trying to put it out before the pollinators show up, because uh, uh, being indiscriminate, I don't want it to uh, destroy our uh, an element of garden success, the pollinators. Well, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about any risk to pollinators because, um, you, you know, you're, 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 for nematode control, you're going to be applying it to the soil and mixing it in. And so mm-hmm. there's not really going to be any, the pollinators would not be exposed to it. So I wouldn't be concerned about it from that standpoint. I'm not sure how effective it is against nematodes. Um, Phil, have you? I don't. I know it's good for, um, it's good for slugs and things like that, but... I'm not sure about nematodes. It sounds plausible, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, how deep do you have to go for, for nematodes? I mean, you'd want to mix it in. I mean, if it was going to work, you'd, I think you'd have to mix it in pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't know what rate you'd have to use. Um, Rufus, you ever used diatomaceous earth for anything? I certainly haven't, and, and I have tried fumigating one time, and I don't yeah. uh, <laughs> think that's, that, that's something for commercial farmers. Professional, yeah. Also, use it around the house, uh, 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 dust the uh, crawl space and, and occasionally the attic, and it takes care of most uh, household pests that could mm-hmm. invade through those routes. Yeah. and uh, That's it, certainly plausible. Yeah, and, and you actually have a sponsor, and they also put it in uh, cattle feed or livestock feed to kill uh, parasites. Oh. It's actually sold as that. You just happen to have a sponsor out there on uh, Hillsborough Street that sells it. Mm-hmm. Fine hardware yes, store, sir. yes, indeed. Yep. I will say that um, you know when you're using those natural control strategies, many of which are, are effective, don't necessarily assume that they're completely safe mm-hmm. um, as far as handling them. Uh, so, like for example, with diatomaceous earth, probably a good idea to wear a dust mask when you're using that because yeah. it is a potential lung yep. irritant. Right. Um, so. Yeah, I always check that because uh, uh, since, since its function is abrasive, that doesn't mix up with the lungs too well. Right. Right. Richard, what is your favorite tomato? Uh, I like uh, the cherry key purples in the green zebras, and. Uh, as you're saying with the better boys, one reason I continue to grow those is disease resistance. Uh, it's better to have the disease resistance and have a tomato you may not like quite as much as the other. I actually, about a week ago, finished the last better boy that ripened in the window. Ooh, wow. And, uh, <clears throat> that's great. That's the insurance policy. But there was a Neva Azorian Red that... Uh, Gerald had that was absolutely uh, outstanding. It was incredible. And, well, I, we could spend the rest of our lives just simply sampling all the great ones out there. But. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're a tremendous amount. I, I, it's unbelievable how many varieties there are now. Yeah. Thank God we have the, the folks in this area <laughs> that are uh, expert at experts at producing them right oh and I, I noticed at nc state on their website they had a list of uh, the most disease resistant varieties too that's always good to have but uh 
you know, the, the, the Rufus, uh, you you had problems last year and the year before. We've had a lot of problems over the last four or five years, particularly with um, airborne soil-borne soil borne diseases and uh, with tomatoes. Uh, but, you know, I, then you talk to Craig LaHoulier, and he, <laughs> he doesn't have any problems with them. So. Of course, he's up in the mountains now. He has a, he has a better deal. I, I don't know. His book's got some really good photos of uh, disease problems. Ap- had to, epic tomatoes, yes. yeah. Yeah. Had, he had to find some place to take those pictures. Oh, well, that's, <clears throat> yeah. Well, Richard, take care, buddy. All right. And uh, y'all have a great one, and thanks for being there for us. Well, yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for calling. All We'll talk to Rose Rhodes coming up here on the WPTF Weekend Gardener is 849. You're listening to the longest running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're here, plus Phil Campbell, Campbell Road Nursery in Raleigh, and Paul McKenzie, who is an extension agent in Warren and Vance Counties. And Rose Rhodes, the author from Princeton, is with us. Morning there, Rose. How are you today? We're okay, I think. Morning. Except I I forgot to bring the pimento cheese for uh, Rufus and... Phil, and I forgot to to uh, bring my phone to work. So, oh, did uh, you make your own pimento cheese? Uh, we do, yes. Isn't that good? <laughs> yeah, it, mainly my wife makes it. I do that all the time. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Yeah, it's addictive. It really is. It's Find the right good. crackers too. Yeah, get some of those sweet thins in there, and mm. yummy. I haven't but, tried a sandwich, but it's it's good. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> It's good to keep it. You always have something to eat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What's going on today, Rose? Well, it's just cold here, and uh-huh. it's rained a lot, and I can't get out like I want to. Yeah. But I had a good time this week. I went up to Raleigh and bought me a bonsai pot, and my son had dug up a, an azalea in my yard that was beautiful. looked like a bonsai. So we potted that up, and I have that on a little hill so it shows up. I made me a little mound. And I planted that monkey grass all the way around it, or mondo grass. Oh, yeah. So I'm happy with that. Great. But I wanted to talk about tomatoes since you were talking about that. Yes, ma'am. I have a Hennet tomato that is 100 years old, or over 100 now. And I, I sow those seeds, plant those seeds every year, and have enjoyed that. Wonderful. And what I have done, I've talked about this before, is I planted those diacon radishes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to incorporate those green, those tops into the soil, and that's where I'm going to plant my tomatoes this year. And that's my test, my project of testing. Sounds good. So that's what's going on down here in Johnston County. Well, I think sound pretty relaxed, Rose. That's good. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, say say the name of that tomato again. It's Hennet. Hennet. Yeah. You knew the Hennets, didn't you, Rufus? Oh well, I know a bunch of them back home. Pretty sorry. Well, tomatoes are better. I, I I haven't heard of that one. No, it's uh, these people lived around Kennelly, and I I don't know who gave me the seed, but it's a wonderful tomato. How about that? So I'm Man. looking forward to sowing those planting. I guess I'm gonna do those about the 14th of February. What do y'all think? Sow the seed. You're talking mm. about inside. Yes. Oh yeah. I yeah. think that'll be about right. 
Phil, would, you look a little, little. Uh, that could be a little bit early. Okay. I mean, if you, if you have it's, some frost protection. Oh, yeah. I have a closed-in front porch. She's gonna do it. Inside. No, but I mean, once you go outside, I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, the my experience with raising tomatoes in a greenhouse is that they they pop up quicker than you than you expect. It only them takes to. them about three or four days, five days at the most to to come up, and then you've got to. So when would you wait until March to seed? I germinate the seeds. I, I, you know, my experience in the greenhouse is things grow faster than you think they are, and and you know, and then they're gonna if you if you're not ready to plant them outside, they're gonna get tall and leggy, and you're gonna have to decide do you pot them up or. Um, what were you gonna do? How you were, were you gonna do that, Rose? Were you oh, gonna? I would sow the seed and you know, on the, put it on my front porch. Right. Closed in. Right. But my husband, uh, we grew tobacco, and he would on the fourteenth of February, he would always sow tomato seed and cabbage, anything he wanted to, on uh, under those covers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Cap- why I was thinking about the fourteenth. Yeah. I-, I. I would shoot for four weeks before <clears throat> you're gonna want to plant them outside. Okay. So when would that be? <laughs> well, well maybe uh, April fifteenth if you're trying to go for frost-free yeah, date. Okay, if, if about you've four got, weeks before then. If yeah. you've got some row covers, you know, you might to to cover them with once they get outside. You might go a little earlier. Right. Um, yeah, I'd go. Peppers might be the fifth, the fourteenth of February because they it takes them slower. longer to go. Yeah. But um, I think tomatoes sometime the first two weeks of March oh, is plenty good. time. I'll try that. I'll okay. Right. Well, report back to us on but that, I want to know about these daikon radishes. Are you planting those as like a, a, a cover crop or a green manure or something? It's a green manure. Okay. They said uh, incorporate that into the soil and then plant your tomatoes there. Interesting. Yeah. I bet that does real well on those sandy soils you probably got down there in Johnson mm-hmm. County. Oh, I've got that rich, good soil. <laughs> Not sandy. Oh, 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 nice. But those diacons, I put those with uh, sugar and vinegar, and they are they're good with vegetables. Mm. So that's I learn something all the time, and I've loved that. But you're so are you harvesting the radishes, or you're leaving? Oh yeah, them? right now I'm eating those right now. Okay. So anyway, it's fun. Sounds like it. You're always you're very innovative. You're always doing something. Like that, aren't you, Rose? Well, I try to grow something different all the time. That's a good idea. I've almost run out of difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not. <laughs> but anyway, I love your show, and I love all of you. Well, well we you. love you, we too, love you too, Rose. You. And thank you. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's get uh, Captain Tom on here real quick. Uh, Tom, we're going to have to hold you over until the right after the news, but I wanted to say, right. hey. That's all right. I just I heard you talking about pimento cheese. My my <laughs> sister in law Lane Lipson over in Chatham County makes homemade bread. Now you spread some homemade pimento cheese on that Ooh. homemade bread. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, Melissa used to yeah. make sourdough. She uh, lost her starter and she hadn't made it since. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was pretty good too. That was kind of melting you, your you mouth. Get yourself a big glass <laughs> of milk. And you got lunch right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I married a dairy farmer, so that you know we had thick milk when I, <clears throat> I used to court her, right the out of the barn. Her cheese is anywhere near as good as her peanut brittle. <laughs> die for. Oh, it's it, good. It it's good. It definitely hey, is. Hey Tom, hold on. We'll be with you after the news. Okay. We'll be back. <laughs> 